Welcome yeah. to a new episode of DFV. I am Black Cinephile. I'm AKA Brad. Yep, that's AKA Brad. Man, we uh we're throwing it back on this one, man. We uh we're bringing out the uh, the old Mortal Kombat versus the recent one. Yeah, this is uh one that I've been kind of looking forward to doing for a little bit now cuz it's been so long since I've watched the original Mortal Kombat movie from 1995. I think it was probably back in like the 90s that I watched this movie and putting it up against the new one. You can easily tell just the difference in technology between the two. For sure. And yeah, but uh, we'll we'll get into it and everything. But I've been looking forward to this one. I got to say, man, I I vaguely remember the 90s one before I saw it uh, recently. Like, I, I remember we had it on VHS, but the only thing I remember, remember was the beginning where it goes, Mortal Kombat! <laughs> that was the only part I remembered. Right. It, the, I will say, there were a couple scenes that I was like, oh, I remember this. And somewhere it was like, I, I wonder if this is like a director's cut of the movie. And it's like, no, no, there's no director's cut. There's no special edition. This is the only version that released. Yeah, yeah. So how you want to approach this, man? You, you feel you want to go with the new before the old, or? Um, I was thinking chronological would make sense for this one. That make more sense from a nostalgic sense. Why yeah. not? Let's 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 go ahead. All right, man. Uh, I could take the reins on this. Okay. So we got we got Mortal Kombat from 1995 by Paul W. S. Anderson. Oh, before we begin, like, share, subscribe. Let us know what you like about the channel, what you don't like. Uh, engage with us. So, I mean, it's pretty clear cut what this is. Mortal Kombat is basically about um, there's a tournament that happens every so often, like we, we can assume centuries or something, where there's a tournament to protect Earth from being conquered by malevolent forces. So it's good versus evil. There's a good team on the sake. That's that's to protect humanity, and there's an evil side to destroy humanity, and they go into like a fighting tournament of sorts. And uh, if you know the video game, there's either flawless victory or fatality, or just or, the so and so wins. Yeah, so and so wins by uh, default by by light knockout. <laughs> but there's no light knockouts in Mortal Kombat. You either get your head bashed in, get your throat cut your bone snap there's no easy ko in mortal Kombat. right you're not walking away alive if you are you're not doing it right right <laughs> oh man dude i gotta tell you that opening it brought back memories man like i gotta before we get into the plot can i tell you something funny oh go for it so a friend of mine saw this movie in theaters when it was out and uh, he told a story of how he was sitting in the in the in the in the row behind. He was sitting in a row with his dad behind this 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 young kid and his mom. As soon as the movie began, the young kid stood up and went fight. <laughs> the, the mother grabbed her kid and dragged him out of the theater, like like because he because he said, "I told you not to embarrass me." Like, like the kid was just excited. He was like, "Fight!" Right. That that's a part of it, though. That's. That's the entire movie. <laughs> I can picture that. I can picture the movie starting like Mortal Kombat and the kid going fight. <laughs> thinking it was part of the movie. I mean, it's literally based on a video game that is just fighting. You know, when it comes to the game, especially back then, there really wasn't much plot to it. You basically had like the eight characters you could select from and you were told it was a tournament. Uh, the a lot of the ideas that were used in this movie were created for this movie, you right. know, uh, yeah. very light backstory for the characters. Otherwise, absolutely, absolutely, um, yeah, man. So basically, with this movie, dude, dude, this film is so '90s, but I just loved it the whole way through. Mm-hmm. I I love the campiness of it. I love the '90s visual effects of it. I love it. It's like the characters are campy, but they're charismatic. Right. You definitely know that they're 
they're kind of assholes. Let's be honest here. All the right. characters are kind of assholes to each other. And it's exactly what you expect from a bunch of people pulled in and told, hey, you're going to have to fight in this tournament thing. Because we have the main cast of Liu Kang, Johnny Cage, and Sonya Blade that are the fighting for Earth. And then on the other side, we have uh, uh, Sub-Zero, Reptile, uh, Kano, and... I think Goro's in it. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, he was in this. Yeah, but it's it's so much nostalgia because I liked watching this film because it felt like I was watching it for the first time because I haven't seen it in so long, and I was looking at different people and I was like, oh man, that's Raiden. Oh, that's Luke Kang. Mm-hmm. That's Johnny Cage. That's so I I, I don't I didn't remember Sonya that much, but I was like, that's Scorpion. You know, everyone knows Scorpion. Right. If you know, get over here. Yeah, you have Scorpion yeah. and Sub Zero. Everybody knows them. Uh, I love how they had Reptile is like the CG Reptile thing for a All little right. bit before he got the body for a little bit, and um, there was somebody else that was in this one. That I know I'm forgetting. Um, Katana was in this one, wasn't she? Yep. Yeah, she was on the Earth side. Well, she was on the other world side, but helping the Earth side. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, what was I going to say? Dude, Christopher Lambert as Raiden is a, it's such a 90s inspired choice but it works. Oh, absolutely. I would say the cast works in this one pretty well. Uh, the guy that oh, yeah. plays Johnny Cage is great. He stole the show, man. Oh, like, he absolutely did. Like his, his one-liners, like, uh, he says, hey, man, can you carry my luggage? Luke Kane says, oh, you, you want me to carry your luggage? He says, yeah. He takes this man's luggage, throws it into the water. Johnny Cage looks down with the Charlie Brown face like, I'm glad I didn't tell him to park the car. <laughs> That's such a great 90s line. Oh, yeah. Also, I really got to talk to my agent about this because he's a movie star and everything. And I, I love that. Um, yeah. It, this movie definitely brings back nostalgia of watching it. Uh, it's got some great fighting choreography in it as well. Like the fight scene with uh, Sub-Zero, and I want to say it was... Who was it that was fighting Sub-Zero? Because he got brought into the weird place with all the skeletons around. I think that I was know, Johnny. I think it might have been. Yeah. I know Johnny also fought Goro, right? Um, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I don't I don't remember who fought Sub-Zero. I think, I think it was Johnny, but I'm not I'm sure. I'm pretty sure it was Johnny that fought Sub-Zero and won. Because he got the tip from or no it was Liu Kang because he got the tip from uh, Katana and how to defeat him using the thing that gives life and it's like water and it's like really water is what kills Sub-Zero <laughs> right isn't he made out of ice right yeah he's, he's oh, basically wow. a giant icicle but he gets killed by a giant icicle <laughs> I got, I got, a, I got a, I got a question, man. My man who plays uh, Shang Tsung, uh, the main villain. Mm-hmm. The way my man goes, you know, like, like I will steal your soul. Like, your oh, yeah. soul is mine. Is that what inspired the monkey from Family Guy? My man's just always like coming out of Chris closet like this. Oh, it could be. <laughs> it very well could be. I love how over the top he is, dude. Oh yeah, like, he's like. Your soul is mine. Yeah, he he was definitely perfectly cast. Um, looking at over two on the, you know, Wikipedia and everything. Apparently, he came to the casting in like full outfit and everything, and he was the only choice that they had for it. Like after his uh, audition, they were just like, "Oh no, he's he's here. This is definitely our uh, Shang Tsung." That's dedication. Right. I like that. Yeah, yeah, he 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 was meant for it though. He did a great job. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's no. I I like Bridget Wilson as Sonya. I forgot about Sonya in the game, but you know, it took me to like look her up. I was like, oh, okay, Sonya. Um, and uh, you know, Bridget Wilson was a great Sonya. Uh, I like Robin Shaw as Liu Kang, but 
my my only the only thing I know about Liu Kang is that he was a zombie when I played him. Uh see, I always remembered his like fire fist powers. I remember him as a zombie, and he used to do the flying kick. Yep, and like which is in the movie too. Right, right. Yep. So I was a little confused by that. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I don't know if I don't know if that happened later on in the Mortal Kombat game storyline. That's where I came in at Mortal Kombat because I think the name of the game was I don't know. It, it, it was the it was the one that was pretty big on PS2. I okay, forgot. that might have been Mortal Kombat two because I Mortal Kombat I remember playing as the arcade game. And I don't know if it was two. It might have been. I don't recall exactly. Because Mortal Kombat is one of those fighting games, like, I've played them, but it, as far as the story goes inside the games, I have no idea what's going on. When it started getting really serious with the story, I think around, like, Mortal Kombat 8 or 9, that's kind of where I stopped playing them, <laughs> ironically. I got you. Um... You know, that dude, that's the director of Johnny Cage's... Uh, well, let me say this to your point. I could, I know why you stopped playing them. Because it, it was the same game over and over. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You love it, but it's it's not as fun as when you do it with somebody else. Don't you just hate it when you used to play with somebody in Mortal Kombat and they would just do the special move on you and there's nothing you can do? Oh, like, yeah. You just sit there and you basically put the controller down and go, I lost. I just lost. Let's watch this 15-minute cinematic of you beating my ass now. <laughs> You just sit there and take it. Right. There's nothing you could do. Like, here's the one up I'll give on Injustice, that game. At least those at least those signature moves weren't like thirty minute moves. Right. Are you Stay back? There? Yeah, I'm back. You okay. There? Yeah. All right. Uh, so uh, what, what did you say? Did you agree with me or? Uh, I, I lost your audio. You said something, you know, let me say about Injustice and then your audio cut out. Okay. I was saying like with Injustice, I like that they are, they don't have 30 minute signature moves. I like that it's cut down to like, you know, two minutes. Right. But those signature moves are so memorable in that game. Like the flashes running around the world, uh, the battering for Batman. Uh, Superman's basically just melting people's faces with his laser beam (laughs) eyes. Right, right. Yeah, they are. They are memorable. The guy who was the director of Cage's film, that was supposed to be a cameo by Steven Spielberg. I could see it, though, with the way the guy looked. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, Spielberg was initially going to do it, but uh, apparently he had some scheduling conflicts. That would have been cool to see. Uh, that would have been really cool to kind of just have Steven Spielberg just show up out of nowhere in this movie. Yeah. Look, man, I feel like movies movies like this make me play a game of what if. I Sometimes I see this on Facebook or like, um, you know, like a video game slash uh, comic book movie fan pages where it's like, if this movie was made in the 90s, you know, like some people say Tom Cruise would be Iron Man if it was made in the 90s. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Wesley Snipes would be Black Panther. Denzel would be Killmonger if, if, it, if Black Panther was in the 90s. Like, I, I always like, I feel like whatever superhero you like and it was made around the 90s, it would be a great cheesy film like this. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look at the 90s superhero movies that we got, like the Superman movies and, you know, the Batman movies. <laughs> still never saw those superman movies dude oh you should i i just i don't know it just never grabbed me i've seen batman because batman's like i grew up on batman you know mm-hmm. with michael keaton in the back suit but i never saw the christopher reeves supermans oh you need to watch those at some point because they're they're classics at this point that's that's what they are i um, will at the same time, I'm probably looking at them with nostalgia goggles because I haven't watched them since I initially watched them back in the 90s. Mm, I understand that, man. I understand that. Yeah, dude, this um, this flows so well. Like, even with the cheap 90s dialogue, it's just it's it's just an entertaining movie, dude. It is. It's a very entertaining movie. The fight scenes are choreographed great. Uh, the storyline is, you know, it 
it's okay. It, it's nothing special. It's basically, hey, we got to get these characters onto an island where they're going to fight in this tournament called Mortal Kombat. And the one-liners and the characters are all fun. That, that's what it comes down to. It's it's a good movie. It is It is a very good movie. And uh, in all of its glory, I mean, honestly, I would give this a 3.5. Oh, yeah, I have to agree with that. This is definitely it's between a three and a 3.5 for me but i can definitely give it that 3.5 boost yeah dude man paul ws anderson knows how to adapt video games yeah what else has he done for a uh, video game resident evil you know uh was monster hunter was monster hunter a game or was it a comic book uh that's a game yeah monster hunter um, See, I heard that one wasn't so good. I need to watch that one still. I mean, if you like him and uh, him and Miller's films with Resident Evil, I, I, I guess you're not missing anything. I haven't seen it. Uh, Death Race was pretty good with Jason Statham. That was a really good movie. Uh, Alien vs. Predator, the first one, that was a pretty solid film. Mm-hmm. Event Horizon. Yeah, the guy... I mean, I, I, don't, feel, I don't feel like Paul gets enough flowers he he has a couple duds but he he has some wins in there as well yeah like i feel like i can watch resident evil you know i can see you know uh you know sexy miller javovich kicking zombies you know behind Mm -hmm. it's it's a nice action it's like you know what you're getting with john wick you're seeing keanu reeves do gun ballet you know right yeah that's how i think of those movies uh, all right, man. I'm uh, I'm ready to move on. What about you? Uh, yeah. I think uh, it's time to uh, talk about Mortal Kombat, uh, the 2021 version. So I'll take the reins on this one. Uh, Mortal Kombat 2021 uh, involves a list of characters that are dragged onto an island in order to participate in a tournament called Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> right right uh yeah it's it's pretty much follows the same exact plot but it doesn't get as far as the other one did because this one's more about uh going into the lore of these characters and into the backstory of the mortal combat and prepping them for the tournament this movie definitely feels like a part one of who knows how many that they have planned because we don't actually get to the tournament in this one. Like in the 1995 version, it is about the tournament. It basically grabs the characters and goes, let's start the tournament. And this one kind of goes, okay, let's slowly grab the characters. We got to explain like people are picked out for this. Then we're going to, you know, bring them in and they're going to train and learn how to use these powers that they gain. But Mm -hmm. they do pull in more characters with this one. So first off, we have a brand new character that was made specifically for the film with Cole Young, who we follow the movie basically through their eyes. Uh, On top of that, we have Sonya again, Liu Kang. But uh, joining them, we also have Kung Lao and uh, Jackson Jax, who is the guy with the giant metal arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, then for this one on the bad side, we again have uh, Kano and Goro as well. Okay. Kano is a little later in the game as a plot twist. He go, he goes to the bad side. Right. Yeah. He starts on the good side and then he later on goes over to the bad side. But he's over there with uh, others like Melina, uh, Sub-Zero. I'm trying to remember who the other guy was the guy that had like the predator kind of look to him. I always forget what his name is. Uh, predator type of look to him. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I must've, he was on the bad side. He's the one that, uh, knew Kano. It was like, Oh, we can turn oh, him. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, yeah. That guy. I don't know his name. <laughs> I can't remember what his name is. He's a, he's a hitman, I guess. Yeah. But uh, it basically plays out the same, where uh, Raiden comes down, he picks his players, he brings them in for the, you know, train them for the tournament. 
Uh, Shang's son decides that he's not going to let them train at all and tries to kill them before the tournament can happen. And he gathers up his crew. They attack. Um, I got to say, outside of the fight scenes, this this movie was kind of boring to me. I'll be honest. Dude, you know what? I don't know if I'm biased, but I watched these both in the same day. And, you know... (laughs) I started off chronologically. <laughs> and I started off chronologically and I, after the first one ended, I was like, man, that was so fun. I miss 90s movies like that. Mm-hmm. I started off 2021. Like, man, this is a it's kind of a buzzkill. Yeah. I, I like the prologue. It was made very well. Like Oh, I, that I prologue liked- beginning with uh, Sub-Zero attacking the village and everything. Right. That was great. I loved that. Then you have uh I can't remember what his name was before Scorpion, but the guy that turns into Scorpion kind of fighting with, like, the hook chain and everything. Hanzo, yes. So you have him fighting using one of the actual, like, chain blades and everything like that, and that's great. That's a lot of fun. I didn't know he was going to turn into Scorpion. Oh, as soon as he had the chain blade, it's guaranteed that he was going to be Scorpion. See, I missed that. But but I like that opening, you know. But I but that's when when uh when there was like the death of the uh his wife and son. That's when I kind of went, oh, okay. I I this is a somber Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. Like I got I got this. This is more serious. Right. Um. So I had to change my tone a little bit from '90s, you know, camp. Uh. But as it was going along, I it didn't become interesting to me until like the second half because. You're meeting everybody, you know, you meet Jax, you know, you meet um, Hanzo's son, you know, Shang, Shang's son, um, you know, you meet Sonya, and it's like, Kano stole the show, though. Oh, Kano absolutely stole it in the beginning, because he's the only character that's actually interesting. The rest of them are just kind of like, right. Yeah, Kano's the only one that's actually funny. Like, Kano to this movie is what Johnny Cage was to the original. Right, yes. Yeah. Um, Cuz everybody else is just like I'm going to be a stoic and serious about everything. Like honestly, it, the difference between Kung Lao and Liu Kang is like nothing in this movie. They both kind of appear at the same time. They both had the same attitude towards everything. It's like it, g- give you a little bit more personality. Come on. And one is an unrealistic family man. Right. But he doesn't I, I, something about him didn't scream dad to me. Mm-hmm. Maybe stepdad. <laughs> you know, like maybe 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 moms took him in and, and you know, they became a couple and he became a stepdad. He didn't come off as dad to me. Yeah, you're talking about Cole Young, the main character guy? <laughs> yeah, I thought that's who you were talking about. No, I'm talking about uh, Kung Lao and Liu Kang, the two that were already like trained up and had their powers. Uh, the sombrero guy and Liu Kang. I thought the sombrero guy was Raiden. Uh, no, you have the Raiden is the, you know. There was three of them, right? There was yeah, three the trainers, one with the right? metal hat that he oh, threw. That's Kung you, Lao. Got you. Okay. Yeah. No, I understand what you're saying. Um, yeah, I mean, Liu Kang, I say he was a little different from the other Liu Kang. You know, he he was more so more of a smart aleck. Than, he, was a, he was a smart aleck in comparison to Kung Lao, who was more somber. Or serious. A little bit, but at the same time, it was so, like, low that he really didn't seem to have as much personality, at least in the as much as uh, the 1995 version. I hear that. he. I, I would take it as he probably wasn't supposed to. Mm-hmm. Like, they probably didn't want him to steal Cole, Cole, Sonya, and Kano's Thunder because they're the main characters in the beginning. So... Yeah, I was okay with that. I, I didn't have any real gripes with that. Um, Jax. The introduction of Jax is cool, but I feel like, again, kind of a background player that, you know, after a while I forgot, oh, yeah, he, he's going to get robot arms. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, kind of like, because I, I remember that in the game, but I was like, oh, okay, he has robot arms. Yeah. And then at first they're like these little weak, skimpy arms and it's like, oh yeah, his superpower ends up being that he can just make the robot arms bigger. And it's like, so in order for him to get his superpower, he had to lose his arms and then get smaller robot arms so his superpower could turn them into bigger robot arms? (laughs) 
I don't know, man. It's a, it's, it's a video game adaptation, you know. I, I I don't know. I don't know. But I do like how how they get their powers. I think I that took some thought. That took some pretty Im- good imagination. Like I like how all of them they have to be tested in some way to get their power. Like mm-hmm. you know, Kano is just being a douche, and at one point, you know, Luke Kane really mocks him. Like uh, you know, you couldn't win a tournament if if, if whatever, or you're a coward and, and something like that. And, you know, finally Kano gets mad and then the red eye pops up. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I I was curious how they were going to play off his, like, laser beam kind of power in this one. And it's like, okay, you you just went straight for he just has laser beam eye. Right. Which I can totally get for, especially when uh, prior to that, like, he had the scratch from uh, Lizard. And it was like, ooh, I wonder if he's going to get, like, a cybernetic eye or something like that. And it's like, no, no, he just has the scratch and he's still good. Yeah, they did kind of tease it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I like the idea of like when you when you've been established, that's when you get the mark. You get the Mortal Kombat mark. I like I like the 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 thought of that. Mm-hmm. Um I got to say something, man. The whole thing about Scorpion, you know, escaping from hell just to <laughs> fight. You know what I'm saying? Just 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 to fight Sub-Zero. I'm like, so this is what made you escape from from the fire pits of hell. So you, you, your 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 grand your son had to find your soul, your knife. I was mm. like, come on, man. You know, and uh, he says, my name is Scorpion. Like, oh no, he goes, I'm Scorpion now. Yeah, I'm like, so at what point when you were burning down there did you come up with that name? <laughs> I'm gonna return and call myself the Scorpion. I mean, I, I'm curious how many other names he was going through. He was like, okay, so my mortal nemesis is Sub Zero. So maybe I'm Flame One. No, 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 that doesn't work. Maybe Play I, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's funny. Oh man, and I can picture you on thinking like so somberly, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back. I'm just waiting. Man, it burns. Man, it's hot down here. I'm yeah. gonna come back. <laughs> and Jesus, these coals are so hot. Anyway, I'm going to train really hard, and somebody should put out that fire over there. That's getting real toasty now. Anyway, <laughs> right, right. Um, when the twist comes out, I mean, I guess Kano was meant to be a bad guy, but I liked how they showed him switch sides. Like, I, I thought that was a pretty solid twist in the story. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, I did imagine him. Part of me was like, you know what? They might play him in a Billy Butcher type of way where he, he's just a douche that's just on the good side. But I like how they kept him true to have him be in a, in a, on the evil side. Right. Well, he's a mercenary. He, he works for whoever has the highest price. And it's like when right, right. both sides are just making up numbers for you, it, it doesn't really matter at that point. I, I was almost surprised that he still took their offer because he could tell that like their number didn't matter. It was a made-up number. Like, take whatever number you want, double it, double it again, and that's what we'll pay you. Now, I saw hints of the greatness that was the 90s film when uh, Sonya and Cole were talking. He was like, you really got $2 million? She was like, I live in this trailer. You think I got $2 million? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You see how I live. Do you really think I have money? (laughs) Right, right. I, I thought that was pretty funny, but it's like those jokes are kind of. I know it's two different movies. I know they were trying to go for a more somber. They were going, going for a more down. serious kind of. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not gonna say it didn't work for what it was. I just feel like I should have watched these two on two different days, because me watching the '90s one just before kind of it was jarring to me. See, I watched these on two different days, and I can say that. Uh, the 2021 version outside the fight scenes a lot of the dialogue is just so boring and then they're trying to over explain things and just go instead of going hey this is happening you know instead of just having scorpion come out and be like you know let's fight they they didn't need to have 15 minutes of dialogue explaining oh scorpion was sent to the realms of hell where he trained for millennia waiting for his revenge and you are his son that was taken in by another tribe and it's like j- shut up just have him say get over here and fight sub zero right i was waiting for that <laughs> get over here i was waiting for that i was like wow they're not going to say that huh 
Yeah. It, oh. But yeah, it's it, the movie does good with the fight scenes. I love the fight scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, Cole's power, I I don't fully understand what it is. He just gets a suit that he can like materialize weapons and I stuff. I didn't know what that was. Yeah, I don't like, get it either. And the fact that he's not from the games, it's not like I can like look up like his character from the games and be like, oh, that's what it was. That's what they were interpreting that as. Yeah, like I, I thought he was in the games, but when I looked it up, I'm like, oh, he's an original character. No, okay. he was uh, the entire time. That was one of the big things that people had a problem with when the movie was first announced that they were like, well, he's not from the games. Why is he a part of it? It's like, well, they're trying to make a character that we can relate to that's getting introduced to all this stuff at the same time. It's like, yeah, but you have like this cavalcade of 50 plus characters that you could grab from to do that. <laughs> you can even grab somebody from DC. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you, you can grab somebody from the DC universe and throw them in. Like, uh, no, bro, they're starting to, they're, they're trying to do something original. Yeah. Do an original franchise. <laughs> there was nothing wrong with having Liu Kang be that role in the 1995 version that were introduced to everything that way. You know, we, we could have easily done that with any other character. You didn't need to create one. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Well, we'll see how it all goes. Uh, Cause they do, they are greenlit for a sequel. They are greenlit uh, for a sequel. And they did tease at the uh, end of the movie that uh, Cole was going to go uh, Johnny recruit Cage. Johnny. Yeah. Now, I like that he wasn't in this because if they made Johnny Cage the smart ass he should be, he would have been competing with Kano. And that, yeah. that, that, that would have been great, maybe, if they had the right chemistry dialogue, but it probably, it probably would have been too much. I, I think it probably would have been too much. It would have been too much camp for this kind of serious toned movie. Right. So having him in the next one as that kind of comedic effect, I think is definitely going to work. Uh, assuming they can do it right. Yeah, I wonder who they're gonna pick because you know Johnny Cage is a likable person. Like as far as like having him for comedic effect. Right. So um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. This movie had me intrigued to see a sequel. I, I'll check it out because you know I still love the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, man, I think this is a three for me. Uh, yeah, this one was. Where 1995 was like flipping between three and 3.5, this one was a solid three to me. It's it's got some great fight scenes, some great CG and action, but everything between that is just so boring that I'm just going, just somebody punch someone, please, just something happen. You know my test, man. When I'm halfway through a movie and I'm checking to see where the runtime is. That's when you know I'm, I'm not being as entertained. Right. I, I did that one time through the 90s film, and that's just because I kind of didn't want it to end. I'm like, <laughs> oh, we're getting towards the end? This is fun. You know, like, uh, yeah, man, the 90s film, it, I saw that film, like, I felt like I was watching it for the first time, and it came off as a classic to me. Mm-hmm. That should say something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely had some nostalgia with some of the scenes, but for the most part, I forgot most of that movie, and I was loving it as it was going through. Same. Same. I I, I loved it, man. Uh, All right, so, you know, it's a pretty cut and straightforward. Uh, 1995 wins this? Uh, Yeah, I would say 1995 wins this one. All right, awesome. Uh, okay, listen, before we get into Saul, I figured since we're on the topic, um, Warner Brothers, man, it's been wild. Did we talk about this? I think we talked about this Uh, off the show. We talked about this off the show because it was kind of just happening when we were last recording. But yeah, Warner Brothers, well, HBO is merging with Discovery. And in the process, everything is basically on the edge of the cliff, ready to be pushed over. So you have basically all the WB shows that are being worked on and everything that could get canceled, uh, especially the DC ones like Harley Quinn, Titans, Doom Patrol. They're kind of mm-hmm. all sitting on like the edge there, kind of going, are we canceled? Are we going to get a new season? What's what's going on? Yeah, um, they just canceled it. 
well. They didn't. The show was already done, but they just took. I think they're taking Infinity Train off HBO Max, and that show was from Cartoon Network. Yeah, that's a pretty solid cartoon. But they're taking that and a few others off uh, HBO Max, and it's like people who are just signing up for it, like um, kind of like you. But I think you'll still keep it. But it's like they're kind of, you're kind of like, why did I get this thing? You're losing. You're taking away my incentive to have this. Well. It, I shouldn't be in the camp of people that just signed up. I get it for free with my internet service provider now. So hey, hey. it's not so much I chose to have HBO Max. They were just like, hey, you now have. And I'm like, yeah, I'll use it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Like, I, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, and that, that's great. But I'm like, um, you know, people that did actually like sign up for it or even people like you that got it for free were probably so excited. That probably was a great incentive for their internet plan. Now they're like, well, you're oh, yeah. taking away my excitement now. You know, like, you're yeah, taking away most of what drew me in. It's definitely conflicting when you kind of, like, read up on everything because they're like, okay, so the big pulls on Discovery are, you know, and it has that kind of, like, laundry list of, you know, uh, reality shows, quick, you know, unscripted, and then you have the ones for uh, HBO, which is, like, scripted, uh, sequential, you know, and it, I, I see the lore in discovery because, you know, I even watched some of those shows. Like I know people love 90 day fiance. They love fixer upper or whatever that show is with the couple that fixes houses. I think there's like three of them. There's uh, 500 of them. There's, right. they're all the same, <laughs> but there's a market for it. They watch right. it. You know, people watch it. I don't want that to replace white lotus or berry right Why not have it all in one place but the problem no. is the way discovery sees it which it, for whatever reason they're keeping discovery as the main thing like hbo is merging into discovery instead of discovery merging into hbo which is strange because i think hbo is a bigger pull than discovery it is it is it's hbo it's the yeah. word hbo right letters so you know. Yeah, when they're doing that, it, it that makes no sense. But then on the other side of it, you know, you got to look at what Discovery's looking at when they're buying HBO and going, well, look how much money these shows cost. We can churn out 15, you know, home improvement shows for the same cost as one episode as Barry. <laughs> right, right. But I, I, I get it from a cost perspective. I do. But don't you lose your integrity? Uh, integrity you know, like, is not a part of it it's all about money that's why any of this is happening in the first place that's why people pay for hbo for their integrity to be anti-tv right yeah you know uh we'll, we'll see yeah. how it goes and everything because i know that there's a lot of great shows on hbo that i don't want to go away and there's a ton that i want to see it continue for another season I'll be real, man. If you can deal with ads, there's always freebie. Like they've been coming up, man. They got some kind of they say, they got some quality stuff on there. I'm curious to see how Roku does because they're pushing that Weird Al movie coming up a lot, and I'm curious oh, yeah, if yeah. that works out. Is Roku going to become a new player in like the indie kind of movie scene? They might. They might. It's it's always possible. Uh, right. Or Par Paramount Plus could hop on some stuff. You know what I mean? They could, uh, you know, hit up Bill Hader like, well, we heard HBO didn't work out. Yeah. You know, you, you, you're free now. You're free on the market. <laughs> now that Barry's done, you, you want to make some money again? <laughs> right. You did, listen, it's an open market, man. Oh, I yeah. mean, there's so many streaming services that are making original content. Something's going to land somewhere if somebody really wants to buy it. True. And then Netflix right now is just trying to do whatever it can to stay above water. Oh yeah, man. I've I've heard so many stories. You know, that they got an ad tier now, or they're, they're thinking about doing it. Have I they think they're done still it? thinking. I don't think they've done it yet. I mean, I get it. I trust me, I get it. Like you know, when I watch Freebie, sometimes I just kind of like leave it on whatever I watch, whether it's caught in Providence or whatever it is. I get it, uh, but it's just like, yeah, people. You know, people went to Netflix because there were no ads. Mm -hmm. You know, because of the convenience of it. Yeah, it, it, so, it was know. streaming, watching shows without commercials. It was, and now it's like, well, now you have shows with commercials. It's like, stop it. You're becoming what you were once fighting. 
You either die a hero, you live long enough to become the villain. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what, such a great I, line. <laughs> it is, man. Who wrote that, Goyer or Nolan? Uh, that was Nolan. Okay. Yeah, that was a great line, dude. Because uh, it's so true. Mm-hmm. We we used to love Netflix, dude. And listen, man, the moment they got rid of the office, I was like, oh, no, I, I see the end coming. Well, that wasn't so much they got rid of the office. It's, you know, NBC wanted the office back so they could start their streaming service and be the like, office? look, we're the place you can watch the office and three other shows. But why not just offer a number? Like, like they, didn't they buy back a show once? They got um, friends. They friends. Tell me the office ain't worth more than friends. It, they're probably close to the same. But at the same time, when you have the company that owns the show going, we're going to make our own streaming service, they could care less what number Netflix is going to throw at them because they uh, know that show's a pull to get hey, them bigger numbers later. How, how did that end up for them? Uh, I, I don't know anybody that's ever subscribed to it. <laughs> exactly. Come on, man. I, I That was 90% of what I watched on Netflix was classic Office episodes. Yeah, and now you only have Transmorphers, the spinoff of the famous Transformers. I don't know what that is. Is that real? Oh, yeah, that's real. It's like a bootleg version of Transformers. Back in the early days of, like, Netflix, before they could get the rights to many movies for streaming, that they basically were just grabbing whatever they could to fill out the library, and one of those was Transmorphers. That's hilarious. Oh, we'll have to do an episode on it because it is hilariously bad. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Enough enough shit talk. Uh, Saul, did you finish it? Absolutely. Man, what a great finale, huh? Out of all the ways they could have ended this show, I, I didn't have any guesses on where it was going, and they surprised me and pulled it off in, like, the best way possible. Let me say this before we go on. Uh, all right, this is the section where we're talking about Better Call Saul. It's off TV now, but if you didn't see the finale, you might want to skip ahead or something. Uh, but yeah, man, I loved it, man. I uh, The whole way through, dude, from beginning to end, I loved all the flashbacks with Mike, Walter, uh, his brother in the end, kind of broke my heart. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, it was just all just great, man. Great performances. Uh, it was just great, dude. Yeah, I love the question of if you had a time machine, what would you do? And, you know, you have Mike giving like the answer of before he became a crooked cop, before he took his first kind of uh, what was it? A bribe while being a cop. That's the moment he would go back and change. Uh, Walt just gets upset because he's in such a zone of I'm smarter than you. Which oh, man, I love- was him in all of Breaking Bad. <laughs> I love how they didn't start off with the Walter that was that we still were kind of rooting for. That was an everyday type of guy, and now mm-hmm. he's just like the totally defeated, uh, you know, uppity, arrogant dude. Like, uh, stay in your lane. Like, time yeah. travel is not possible. You're talking about regret, and like you just hear Saul go, "Okay, dude, regret, whatever." Like, and I like how his answer at that point. Mirrors what Walt, mirrors what Mike says in the beginning, where he where he goes, he basically says in so many words, "I wish I never became Slipping Jimmy." Mm-hmm. Well, you know? even uh, Saul's answer to Mike originally is like money. It's all about money, and right. that's what Waltz comes down to as well. Is all I care about is I feel like I was ripped off from money. See, I don't think I thought it was a little deeper for Walt, even in his arrogance. I feel like. Walter missed out on opportunity and what the whole meth thing brought to him with being put in a corner with his cancer diagnosis and rising bills was opportunity. Mm -hmm. So that whole thing was him trying to chase that back. Like it's like he told Skyler at the end of Breaking Bad. He says, I I did it because I was just good at it. Yeah, I did it. I did it for me. It's what I wanted. Yeah. So I feel like it's 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 deeper than him wanting to get back. It was just it was an opportunity that he he just missed out on. But this is still the Walt 
before he was alone for six months with just his thoughts and realizations of what he wanted and what he was. Yes, but there's truth in the arrogance in that when Saul tells the security guard, like, man, I, I lost my brother. I lost my wife. Oh, yeah. He's playing a con, but he's being honest. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get what you're saying. It was before he actually had his come to Jesus moment, but he's still being truthful in his in his in his anger. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely I, I love seeing him there again. Uh, I loved the Mike moment. Uh, him with his brother again, like seeing like him kind of just starting to deliver stuff for his brother. And that moment where his brother even has like, I, I want to seriously talk with you. And he's just like, no, I, I know that all you're going to do is make this about how you would have done it better. You mm-hmm. know? And yeah. you, you can kind of tell because of the way it ends. Like that is probably Jimmy's, you know, time machine moment. If he could go back and change something, that would probably be the moment where he would probably talk to his brother during that moment. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. And I love the, the, the see in any other type of show, this would be a little too on the nose, but it fits so well on that, that shot of that time machine book that yeah. Chuck picks up to read. I was like, Oh man, that just ties it all together. Like, right. that's just beautiful. You know? Yeah. Yeah, uh, man. But when it comes to, so Saul gets, or Gene gets arrested. Uh, they realize that he's Saul Goodman. He's the one on the uh, run and everything. Uh, I love. Say, say it how it happened. He was in a dumpster. Right. He was in, <laughs> he was hiding in a dumpster when they found him. And right. I just love that. That's the perfect place for him to have like been for him to lose the card for the vacuum salesman because if anybody found it in the dumpster they wouldn't attribute it to it being Saul's right and you know somebody else pointed this out too that's where he ran that's where he uh kind of had his first victory in the show in general with that uh that couple uh I, no I don't know if it was a couple but something to do with a trash can uh, a garbage can where he did his first he had his first victory as a lawyer in the show and it was near it was near a garbage can so i was like oh okay that makes sense oh i didn't catch that one yeah i forgot what it was i think i i wish i knew but yeah they thought they thought it was very symbolic that he got caught in the trash uh dumpster dude i love that we saw um marie yes uh the fact that uh, she appeared that she was one of the last cameos that i would have ever thought of but she knocked it out of the park she played oh, right yeah. into the character beautifully yeah, man. Yeah, Betsy Brantz is a great actor. Um, yeah, man, I loved it, man. Uh, I really liked. Uh, you know, I didn't know where it was going. I knew he wasn't gonna sell Kim out. I knew, I knew Saul. I knew Jimmy wasn't gonna do that. But I didn't quite know where he was going with it when he said, uh, "Oh, I, I got some stuff to bring to court, and mm. uh, you know, I got some stuff to say." Dude, freaking eight years, man. This guy got them down eight years. I know. I love how he was cocky about the whole thing. I love that out of everybody, he calls Bill and just goes, Bill, 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 don't hang up. <laughs> Look, <laughs> you're going to take this case. Why would I take this case? They got mountains of evidence on you because you're going to win and you're going to get all the credit for it. <laughs> Trust mm-hmm. me. You're going to fly out here. We're going to talk. And yeah, he managed to finagle them down to an eight-year sentence for everything he did. That's everything that he did as Saul. Not just the Walter White stuff, but all the you know money laundering, the illegal you know activities he was involved with, everything. See, that ties into like what makes this... like I love the moral universe that Gilligan writes his characters in, where... He could have took the eight years and it would have been a great slipping Jimmy moment, mm-hmm. but it, w- it would have missed what they were going for. They were right. going for accountability. Like Saul finally owns up and becomes Jimmy again. Like, like I'm, I'm not Saul. I'm Jimmy. Like, I love that line. He gives the, the judge like, uh, uh, Mr. Goodman, please, McGill, McGill, mm-hmm. you know, um, he, he finally owns up to everything he did and did what Kimmy told him to do, which is, you know, like, uh, you turn yourself, turn in. yourself in. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that, man, because it uh, 
it gave hope. And I know it may seem bleak on the outside. Like, man, that guy's go. That guy probably going to die in prison. But like, he's loved there. Oh yeah, he is a superstar there, and he's probably right. helping the amount of people in that prison that are actually wrongly accused. They literally have the best person in that prison to help them out with right. sending them into the right direction with their legal trouble. And that's one thing that people uh, during an interview with Bob Odenkirk afterwards where it's like, well, what do you think happened after it? He's like, well, he probably continued helping people that were put in the wrong situation that literally got sent to prison and wasn't able to help them in a legal sense, but it was able to give them the information they needed to be able to help them. Right. You know, he continued being the person that he was in the beginning of Better Call Saul under Jimmy McGill when he was becoming a lawyer and he was actually protecting people that he thought were, you know, wrongfully being accused of these and trying to figure out a way to get them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a... Uh... It's a perfect ending, man. You know, yeah. I I love the cigarette lighting moment between him and Kim in the uh, in the uh, in the visitation that she yep. gives him. And uh, I even love the final shot where you know we we got we linger on Saul until finally Kim turns the corner and then you know it just it just ends. And it was a nice bit of sweet ending, man. I feel like that's that's where. It, that's where it needed to end for the show to bring home its point. Right. Like Breaking Bad, people go, that is the perfect ending. And it's like Better Call Saul. He knocked it out of the park. Two shows, two perfect endings to both of them. Well, no, let's let's give credit to Peter Gold, too, because he created Saul. Oh, I yeah. I think he created the character. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He, you know. he definitely gets the credit there as well. But it, two shows with two perfect endings in the same universe. Like that's incredible. The fact this prequel series consisting of a very minor character in, you know, the series getting its own spinoff and it knocks it out of the park in it's the debate of which is better breaking bad or better call Saul, regardless of which you answer the fact that that's an argument in the first place is incredible. <laughs> There's no argument. It's BB. I, I'm, I've got to say, I think it's better call Saul. <laughs> well, we know you, Brad. I mean, you weren't you weren't really uh, a big fan of everything ever all at once. Uh, his final act. You you right. also thought that uh, the new Matrix movie was good, so I don't know where this puts us, said, Anthony. I never said it was good. I said it was. <laughs> I said it was nostalgic. I never said it was good. <laughs> that, that, there's a difference there, but um. I, I mean, yeah, I know it's a nuanced debate. You're right, though. That that is incredible. Yeah, the fact that the yeah. debate happens at all is it's it's a testament to his writing ability. They has two shows that people you know put out as one of the best that TV has to offer. Because you have shows like The Wire, you have shows like uh, you know Breaking Bad. Uh, Mad Men, you Sopranos. know, Sopranos, that people are like, that is peak of television. And then you have two shows made by the same guy that are on that list. Yeah, man. I mean, for what it's worth, I mean, Gilligan's shows always shine among a sea of like, you know, over prestige TV. Mm-hmm. You know, like there was always something very unique about uh, Better Call Saul. Yeah. Um, oh, and I love that in the court scene, how he basically completely screws out Bill to the point that Bill's going, can I leave? Can I, uh, you know, <laughs> admit myself away from this court? And when he's going through the thing of like, I, you know, my brother committed suicide and I did nothing to stop him. It's like, that's not even a crime. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. That's played, that's played a little bit more serious. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you know. Because it's a crime to him. Right. It's a crime um, to him. But I love that Bill's literally sitting there just going like, what the hell is going on? We had this. Why are you doing this? Can I leave? I I, I don't want to be here anymore. 
It, yeah, it's it's him hanging up the saw mantle. Yeah, I know. I know he becomes an unfair casualty of uh, you know, uh conscience. Well, but. I love that he is the lawyer that, you know, Jimmy screws over, then Saul ends up screwing over, and in the end he's the one that, you know, Jimmy Saul, his persona ends up screwing over in the end as well. Did he screw him over the first time? Uh there were a couple times throughout the show where he uses Bill to his benefit in the courtrooms oh, okay. and like creating a fake kind of persona with the Saul Goodman when he's introduced and everything like he definitely uses Bill <laughs> a lot and then in the end okay. he screws him over one last time man when I think of how they left everybody they left Mike with um, uh, Nacho's father and that was such a sad ending Mm-hmm. Um, they they left Gus in the in the in the uh, in in the place where he was drinking, and we kind of figured out he's you know he he um uh you know the homosexual reveal didn't surprise me because when I looked up that they kind of hinted at it in BB, it was something I completely missed. But I I like how when they left him though, they left him like you know the camera kind of closes in on him like he still has demons that haunt him. Right. Yeah, we didn't we didn't even talk about that. The last appearance of Gus and Mike. Um, how did you like Kim's episode before this? Uh oh, with the waterworks, with following her kind of admitting to everything to Howard's wife, and yeah, mm-hmm. kind of seeing what she's been up to. Uh, even though it was only like three episodes prior that we last saw her with uh, Jimmy. It's it seeing her and where she had been during the entire Breaking Bad. You kind of get this sense that she's content with life, but she's not exactly happy. Right. Yeah. You know. she, she's putting on a a, a saw mask. She's right. Got her own saw. Yeah. Mask. She has her own mask that she's using. Uh, hers just isn't in the realm of illegal. You know, she's just right. running a content life that she's okay with. Yeah, man, that was a great episode, dude. Oh, and that that scene on the bus where she just like was oh, where she breaks down. Take. Yeah, that was that was emotional. Yeah, yeah. Overall, man, great great show, dude. And I like how something Vince Gilligan said in the interview. He was like, um, he's like, yeah, I think I I think it's time for me to leave New Mexico, man, because I don't want to become a one trick pony. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I like that for him. Uh, he 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 has a new show. He's shopping around that deals with time. Deals with time travel, so we'll see how that goes. You know, he started on the X-Files. Did he really? Yeah, he was a writer on the X-Files. I didn't realize that. But, yeah. um, Yeah, Better Call Saul ended fantastic. Five out of five show, hands down. Now, did you see Prey, the new Predator film? Not yet. I still need to watch that one. I think it's on Hulu, right? It is. I heard it's fire, man. I a heard good things about great. it. Uh, I yeah. did see the new Dragon Ball Super movie. I managed to catch that one in theaters. Okay, how did that go? Same old, same old. Same old, same. It 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 hit that nostalgia bone that I needed to hit, and it gave me everything I wanted. <laughs> all right, cool. I uh, finally caught up on the boys. So you're through all of season three. Okay, so I still have some episodes in season three that I need to watch. Uh, I think I'm very, two or three episodes in on season three. Very, yeah, very good, man. Very good. I remember I was telling you, and I said, listen, man, this, this Homelander guy, if he keeps winning, I don't, I don't know if I can keep watching this. But, dude, I tell you, it's a great show, man. It, it is, and that's what I told you. It's, you know, it's not about him getting his comeuppance, although eventually it should happen. (laughs) Right. Uh, Because he has had people turn on him and everything like that. And you can see it kind of, at least where I am in the show, it's starting to happen a little bit. You don't see something good coming out of all of this. Right. Yeah. Period. Uh, Yeah. You you know, something's coming even where even where I left off at at the end of the uh, third season. But, um, yeah, man, it's the reason I got synced back into it is because, you know, obviously it's beyond him. But I, I just love the stories, man. And, you know, Hugh, Huey's my guy, man. 
I oh, gotta yeah. say, if there's, if there's any character I love in this show, it's, it's nobody more than him. Oh, he's, you know, he's fantastic, he's, uh, especially since he's relatable from the beginning when literally it, his wife-to-be is completely taken away from him because one of these supers wasn't paying attention. I like how uh, I like how in the comics, I haven't read the comics, but I like how Huey is kind of drawn like Simon Pegg. And Simon Pegg plays his dad in the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, it's there's a couple differences between the show and the comics. Uh, yeah, I've heard. I've heard. Like, Stormfront is male in the comics. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, Mother's Milk is a little bit different in the comics. I like Mother's Milk, too. Oh, he's, he's probably my second favorite. Oh, he's great. Um, but yeah, there, there's a couple differences in the comics versus the show itself. Not many, but a couple, I'd say for the most part, the story stays the same though. Yeah, I, I loved it, man. And, um, you know what? I finally watched, I finally watched, uh, Ben Stiller's new show. Uh, well, he, he he's a director on it. Uh, severance. But Adam oh, Scott, how is that one? That's good, man. I think you would like that show. Okay. I, I have it on my list. I knew about it. I just haven't gotten to it yet. It's pretty good, man. I like it. It's it's creative. It's 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 darkly funny. It's really up your alley, man. I mean if you love Barry, I'm sure you'll like that show. Oh yeah. Have you started watching Barry? I started a little bit of first season. Okay. Uh, I like it. You know, I I'll I'll stick with it. It, it, it's, it it's picks up very hard on the second season, I'll say that. Picks up very hard. Okay, I got you. So, all right, man. Uh, well, that's it for me. Yeah, I think that wraps up this episode. All right, y'all. See y'all later. Another episode of Double Feature Versus. Like, share, and subscribe. Let us know what you think. Peace.